Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, August 16th, 528 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures up three and a quarter at 478 and three quarters. November soybeans up 10 at 13.15 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat up six and a half at 6.30 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat up two at 7.47 and a half. December spring wheat up six at 8.08. Uh, pretty ugly stuff in the corn market yesterday. Why don't we start there? So corn futures fell to their lowest level since December of 2020 yesterday. The nearby September contract bottomed at 462 per bushel. The market appears to have posted a downside breakout from its previous multi-year trading range. The probability of a drastically looser U.S. supply and demand situation next year has pushed prices lower. Lackluster export demand and improved U.S. crop prospects have have weighed on price action. So I think the uh, crop prospect thing is is for real. We've seen crop ratings improve uh, kind of contra-seasonally in, in some states, especially like Illinois. The lackluster export demand is, is the other issue. Um, we just love to see China come in and buy some corn, and it just hasn't happened to this point. So I think the market is seeking a level that stimulates some demand here. You know, feed demand and ethanol demand uh, for corn, typically pretty steady. Exports is the one that can really move the needle. And it's just it's just not there. It's not there. It's really tough to take the, the US corn balance sheet for the new crop timeframe and paint a friendly scenario without some improved export demand. I think we're to the point where it's safe to say the crop's not a disaster. Maybe it's not quite as big as, as what USDA has indicated. Maybe the yield number comes down a little bit, but it's not a disaster. And uh, large money managers, fund traders, they're becoming more comfortable with that idea. Uh, they're short the market. They're adding to uh, a net short position in the corn market. So we just we really need to see some demand pop up here for sure. And speaking of demand, let's jump to China. So China's central bank has lowered a key interest rate in hopes of bolstering their economy. Yesterday, the People's Bank of China lowered the rate on its one-year loans by 15 basis points to 2.5%, the lowest level since 2020. According to economic data, China continues to struggle with poor consumer spending, industrial production, and investment. The country's unemployment rate is also increasing. The yuan has fallen to its weakest level since November and is expected to slide further. President Joe Biden referred to uh, China's economic woes as a ticking time bomb. So China's got some economic problems. This had some impact on some of the outside markets yesterday, maybe on the grain markets too. Uh, when you look at what USDA is projecting in terms of Chinese soybean imports and corn imports, uh, they're still looking for a pretty strong program overall. USDA's got new crop soybean imports for China from all destinations at 99 million metric tons, which would be, I think, the third best on record behind last year and behind uh, 2021. So China's a, a steady soybean importer. Corn is is much more of a, of a wild card. It's only in the last three or four years that China's become like a big corn importer. It started out of covid in uh, like mid 2020 and has uh, persisted since. So USDA is projecting uh, that China will have the second largest corn import program on record at 23 million metric tons. So I don't know if the economic woes mean that they import less. Uh, it's going to be less from the US, I think, because of these big Brazilian crops. But uh, maybe some of these import estimates are suspect. It's 
it's tough to say given uh, everything that's going on in the Chinese economy. If you guys are not subscribed to our premium content already, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday? This is what I call like hardcore grain marketing information. So this was the second in a series of, of two, vi I guess just two videos, but I did one on when you should roll corn HTAs, uh, specifically like you've got December corn HTAs, you're looking to capture carry. Uh, we talked about uh, full carry calculations. We talked about some of the levels to look for, some of the things that impact these decisions this year, especially the impact of higher interest rates. Um, and then yesterday we did, when should I roll my soybean HTAs? Uh, very similar video. If you guys wanna see both of those videos, uh, sign up for the premium deal this morning, go to standardgrain.com. I'll send you over both of them. Uh, if you sign up here early this morning, um, this is a $50 per month subscription. You go to standardgrain.com, sign up. It takes like one minute to do it your credit card. Uh, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, guys. Just a ton of info direct from us every single business day. Corn Belt rainfall is slated to be minimal for the remainder of the month. The models are generally in agreement regarding the lack of any widespread storm systems, storm systems through September 1st. While the Euro offers some chances for Wisconsin and Michigan, the GFS is dry. Temperatures will trend mostly above normal in the West this week, and that heat is expected to arrive in the central Corn Belt by Friday. Depending on whether or not you caught <clears throat> like the early August rains, this could be good or bad for your uh, crop prospects. I think the soybean market itself is is seeing this as kind of a friendly or support or supportive item. Uh, the bean market's been able to kind of hold in at these current price levels, while corn futures have really just collapsed here. So uh, maybe this is seen as as a threat. I don't know. If you guys have thoughts on what this uh, last couple weeks of August, you know, hot and dry, what does that mean for the crop? Drop them in the uh, YouTube comments here. NOPA released July crush data yesterday. NOPA members who account for 95% of all soybeans processed here in the U.S. crushed 173.3 million bushels of soybeans last month, the largest July crush on record. The July soybean crush was up 5% from June and up 1.8% compared to July of last year. July crush data also exceeded the average trade estimate of 171.34 million bushels. Crush margins remain at historically high levels. USDA projects that domestic processors or crushers will account for 54% of all demand for soybeans grown in the United States this year. They're projecting a record uh, crush number for the new crop marketing year, 2.3 billion bushels. That would be the most ever. A lot of this has to do, of course, with the crush expansion with renewable diesel. This is a really good number yesterday. And there was also a uh, larger than expected draw in soybean oil stocks, which could be related to the uh, renewable diesel deal. So this this is good demand news, absolutely, on the soybean front. We'd love to see some better export news on the soybean front, but this is good stuff. And you're going to continue to see record crush prints, I think, for a long time, uh, for several months uh, consecutively, uh, potentially. The, the margins are fantastic. Uh, if we have lack of export demand, they're going to have the beans here domestically to crush. This is uh, This is good stuff. For the fourth month in a row, American consumers increased their retail spending in July. Retail sales increased 0.7% last month compared to the prior month, the biggest increase in six months. The information supports the notion that the U.S. economy can achieve a soft landing, but it also provides evidence for more rate hikes. Wall Street's main stock indices closed sharply lower on Tuesday. The Dow Jones lost 1%, the S&P 500 declined 1.2%, and the Nasdaq fell 1.1%. Traders are 
are still betting there is an 89% chance the Fed will hold rates steady at their upcoming meeting here in September. Yeah, so we're still in this bizarre world where um, like good news is bad news. This is how Reuters reported this: strong retail sales stoke interest rate worries. So they, they think that like you know the economy is still too hot and that the Fed is going to not necessarily hike but stay higher for longer in terms of rates. Um, if you look at the stock market and the action there, we're in corrective territory. We're still up like sixteen percent in the on the year in the S and P, but we've peeled back, and this could be a third consecutive uh, lower weekly close in the stock market. So kind of a mixed bag. The other thing that was out there in regard to uh, big picture economic stuff yesterday, uh, they're talking about bank downgrades again. And that's something that we could see in the near future. Uh, what did cattle do yesterday? Uh, they edged lower, pressured by outside markets. Feeder cattle futures ranged from 35 cents lower to 5 cents lower. So not a big day for feeder cattle. Live cattle futures were down an average of 56 cents, ranging from 80 cents lower to 37 cents lower. Box beef continues to find solid footing this week. Uh, choice ended the day at 307.26. That was up a buck 76. Select ended the day at 283.03. That was up 258. Outside markets, pretty quiet here. U.S. dollar is just marginally lower. Stocks are up fractionally. Bonds are up fractionally. Uh, crude oil is down 17 cents in the September WTI at 80.82. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you Thursday.